This is episode 14 with Roadrunners Club of America certified coach, registered dietitian, who also has a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and very pregnant, Claire Shorenstein. Thanks for tuning in to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and today's topic is one that I don't normally discuss too much, running and pregnancy. While I have two children and my wife is a runner, I wanted to have a new perspective on this topic, so I invited Claire Shorenstein onto the show today. Claire has a master's in clinical nutrition. She's an RRCA certified running coach, a registered dietitian, and you might have seen her work pop up in Salon, Runner's World, Food and Wine or a bunch of other media spots. We first met back in, I think it was 2015, when we were both speakers at the National Endurance Sports Summit at Princeton University. Uh, We were both on a panel about fueling for endurance. And this conversation focuses on the challenges, nuances, and modifications needed for running when you're pregnant. We also touch on nutrition needs, and one of her specialties is on pre- and postnatal nutrition, so you won't want to miss that. Claire is also an ultramarathoner and a Boston Marathon qualifier. You can learn more about her work at eatforendurance.com. So please enjoy my conversation with Claire Shorenstein. All right. Thanks so much for being on the Strength Running Podcast and chatting with me today, Claire. It's great to, to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we're here today to talk about pregnancy. Now, I'm not pregnant, and um, I don't think I've ever been pregnant. So I wanted to talk with someone who is, but also has, you know, the background to talk more definitively on this topic. And I love that you have a road running uh, Club of America coaching certification. You're also a registered dietitian. So uh, I I think you're going to be able to bring a really valuable perspective to this conversation. So I guess let's start with, um, you're pregnant right now. How far along are you? I am very pregnant. (laughs) I am uh, 34 and a half weeks. 34 and a half weeks. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you are full term at 37 weeks? Yeah, it's 37 to 40 weeks. So um, my due date is March 12th. But I mean, who knows when this baby is going to come? Obviously, babies are on their own schedule. So just fingers crossed she stays in uh, at least a few more weeks. Yeah, so I'm glad I got you on the on the show here before Definitely. you have a newborn, which yeah. uh, clearly is a huge drain on your time, your energy, your sanity, and your pocketbook, and pretty much everything. Yay! <laughs> <I can't wait>. <laughs> <laughs> you sound excited. Um, so we're right. going to talk more about uh, exercising mm-hmm. while pregnant, and you know some of the considerations that you have to make because of that and the modifications to your exercise program uh and then we're going to touch on you know uh, different things that you have to think about when you're pregnant in terms of how you eat and different nutrition uh needs and things like that so <clears throat> i think one of the big uh pieces of advice or or even if i would go so far as to say misconceptions that uh I've seen uh, a lot of my my pregnant friends go through and and even just you know being a coach and, and getting a lot of emails from runners who are pregnant is that the this you know it's it's like this heart rate myth where you have to keep your heart rate down under a certain uh particular heart rate is that true is there any truth to that and and what what are the limitations on exercise when you are pregnant Well I mean that's a really good question Um, obviously I'm not a doctor, obviously. So I've been really just going based on how my body's feeling and what my, um, OBGYN has been telling me. And I'm really fortunate to, um, have a very supportive doctor who really supports my running, um, obviously within, you know, the context of my pregnancy. So, um, you know, it hasn't always been an easy pregnancy for me, but I've been fortunate that I've been feeling well and I've been healthy enough to, to keep running the whole heart rate monitor thing. Um, I, you know, I haven't used one, not even once, to be honest. Um, I just kind of, I know some people do still use that. And, um, I don't know when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I found it was really confusing because, there's still a lot of people out there who are like, what? You can't run. You can't run long distances. You can't run a half marathon. Um, and I get strange looks all the time. 
And um, but there's so much evidence out there now that supports, you know, the benefits of exercise to both you know you and your baby. Obviously, you know, you want to gain weight at a steady rate and enough to support the growth of your child. But at the same time, you don't want to gain too much weight. You know, the whole eating for two thing is a whole myth. Um, so for me, I've actually really just been very in tune with how I've been feeling, listening to my breath um, and just kind of. I mean, I know perceived effort is a different thing and heart rate is a little bit um, more reliable sometimes, but um, yeah, I, I just don't actually pay attention to heart rate in this case, personally. That's that's just where I'm coming from um, as a pregnant woman, not necessarily as a coach, but other coaches I've talked to, they also don't necessarily use heart rate. They kind of just instruct you to obviously listen to your doctor within, you know, if you're having a healthy pregnancy, no complications, you're feeling good. Um, and just to use that more as a guide and cause you have days where you feel great and you know, you're not actually that much slower and you're fine. And other days where like, for me, I was, you know, maybe my normal comfortable pace is like an eight thirty pace, sometimes nine for like a really easy run. And I would be like clocking 11 minute miles and be like, why is this so hard? So, you know, maybe on that day I just wouldn't run. I'd stop, I'd walk. Um, that's kind of how I've been doing it. Um, and just taking it day by day, not really putting too much pressure on myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, if that answers your question specifically. I, I I didn't really know that much about running while pregnant until I actually became pregnant and then kind of went on, you know, kind of searching online and talking to other runners. And um, there are a lot of blogs and, you know, other runners out there, but it's tough to kind of find true guidance that's definitive. That's been my experience, at least. Yeah, and that was our experience. When I, my wife and I, when when mm-hmm. she was pregnant with our two kids, and um, you know, definitely want to acknowledge that neither of us are doctors, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's valuable to um, hear your your perspectives and your experiences and the types of advice that you've gotten from your doctors. Um, and I, I completely agree with you about heart rate. I think heart rate is one of those things that is extremely variable uh, and very individual. So if someone says, oh, you can't get your heart rate above 140 beats per minute, well, that depends on what your maximum heart rate is. So exactly. any kind of advice that falls along those lines definitely ignores the reality that heart rate really is a, you know, the way that it should be used is as a percentage of maximum. Uh, And then it leads us to kind of this other thorny problem that it's really hard for runners to get their maximum heart rate because I don't like the 220 minus your age formula. That's very unreliable. And the best way to get your maximum heart rate is to either wear your heart rate monitor during a grueling workout or a very short, fast, very intense race. And that's going to give you, you know, a very, very good estimate of your maximum heart rate. But most runners aren't going to do a workout that hard. It's very difficult to do a hard workout like that. Um, and if you find out you're pregnant, you probably just don't want to go hop in a race to run as hard as you can yeah. <laughs> to find out your, uh, your maximum heart rate. So uh, and, I'm glad you talked about that. And I will also say, even at, like, when not pregnant, I'm not really the runner that's using a heart rate monitor all the time. Like sometimes I'll use one. Um, like my Garmin has that capability, but I don't really go based on that a lot. So I know some runners are, you know, they swear by their, their heart rate monitors, but I'm, yeah, I'm just not really one of those runners anyways. So I really just have been trying to listen closely to how I've been feeling. Um, you know, I will say that probably like in my first and second trimester, obviously my mileage was a lot higher. My paces were faster. Um, I wasn't really going out and with the purpose of doing structured speed work per se. But a few times I was able to, you know, do like a treadmill class or something like that and push myself a little bit. And I felt amazing and, and actually got kind of close to some normal paces. I, I was surprised, but, um, for the most part, I've really just been taking it easy and just trying to stay active and, you know, feeling good. And so I, I feel, again, I feel very lucky for that. Um, I think it's just very confusing and it can be a very, I don't know, emotionally kind of uh, turbulent process because you feel like you, you feel selfish in a way that you want to keep running, you know, as a runner, again, like the first, one of the first things I Googled when I, when I got pregnant was like running in pregnancy. Cause I, again, I didn't know a ton about it. 
um, you want to keep running for yourself because, you know, if you love running and you want to stay fit and everything and, but you don't want to harm your baby. And it's just, it's so tough when, you know, if, if you do have any complications in pregnancy or if you're just sure and you're doubting yourself or you have people like parents or family members or friends who really aren't necessarily on board with the whole thing. And they're like, you need to stop running. That's like really common, I feel. Um, so I've definitely gotten those kinds of comments. And it can be really tough when you love running so much. And of course, it's your first child and you don't really know. And who knows anyways, there's so much stuff when it relates to pregnancy that we don't really, again, we don't know 100% what's going on. Um, so you just got to kind of trust your body, um, find a provider that you that you also trust who supports you and who will tell you obviously when you're being an idiot and um, when something's not safe and kind of go from there. Well, I'm really glad you did find a doctor who is supportive of your running. And, uh, you know, we, we found, um, you know, our doctors were really supportive. In fact, they had some exercise guidelines that, um, you know, they found out, found out that my wife was a runner and they Mm -hmm. told her, we want you to continue running. There's no reason to stop running. Uh, the general guidance that they had was essentially you can keep doing whatever you're doing, but you shouldn't add in any additional exercise that's more challenging than what you're currently doing. So it's almost like a whatever your baseline exercise level is right now, then you can maintain that, but don't go too far above, you know, in terms of uh, duration and volume or intensity uh, of what you're currently doing. And if you can do that, uh, and you're listening to your body and you're watching for any warning signs, that's probably the best advice in terms of what you're able to do when you're pregnant. I agree a hundred percent. And you know, when, so I, I found out I was pregnant like at the start of July and you know, my training volume was, I wasn't really doing again, like super structured stuff, but I was doing pretty long runs and maybe I was, you know, 35, 40 miles. So I really kept up like the 30 to 40 miles a week range. Um, for most of my first trimester and second trimester. And then kind of towards the end of the second, I started to dial it back. Like some days just weren't very comfortable. And, um, you know, I had some other issues in my pregnancy that made me kind of wonder if, oh, maybe now's the time to take it back a notch and work in some cross training. Um, So now I'm kind of more in the like 15 to 25 range. And this week I've really started to feel it a bit. I haven't gained like tons and tons of weight, but, you know, you really do feel it. So I'm feeling little aches and pains and my belly is getting big. And so, you know, I did five miles today and I felt fine. But yesterday I did four and I just could barely get through it and it wasn't worth it. So, you know, again, you have to take it day by day. Um, Keep checking in with your doctor and and just kind of trust yourself um, and, and, and really trust also, I mean, even if you want to, you want to run, but is it really worth the risk? I mean, what's the upside if you miss like a run, it's really not a huge deal compared to harming, you know, potentially harming your baby. So, you know, you got to just kind of see how things go. I remember when my wife stopped running with our first uh, child, it was about eight months in and she stopped because every single run felt like a skull was just grinding down into her pelvis. And she thought, you know, maybe it's time that uh, I, I hang up the running shoes for a few months. And yeah. uh, it was a good decision because at that point she was she was getting a little unsteady on her feet when she was running. She has one story where she was uh, she was turning, uh, you know, just making a turn and it was at this busy intersection and she went down hard and she oh. fell and she, luckily she was fine. Uh, she was about seven and a half months pregnant and she fell on the ground and, you know, she fell and she kind of rolled and just popped right back up. And, but the, she said there were people in their cars, just like mortified staring at her with these wide eyes. They just couldn't believe that she was out there running when she was really pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the looks, the looks I get sometimes are a bit nuts. And I mean, I'm the type of person, my husband's yelling at me all the time. Like I do not sit down and relax. Like he's like, you need to put your feet up and chill out. Um, I'm constantly running around. Like I just can't sit still. And I literally will, you know, I have errands to run. I put on my running backpack, which here it's not as much of a cultural thing as in other places, but um, you know, I'm a running backpack and I literally run my errands and, you know, I'm like a very pregnant woman with a backpack running around and people are like, what is wrong with that person? Um, but, uh, yeah, it is funny, but you know, I, I was running also one day in central park and I was, I did like an eight mile run, which was 
a lot, you know, that's a really long run for me these days. And I felt amazing. It was a gorgeous day. And like two people gave me high fives and they were like, get it girl. And I just felt very empowered. And, um, again, like I felt good that day. Like I was, I kept going cause I felt good and I, you know, there was no reason not to continue. Um, and it was nice to get some support for once because sometimes, um, you can just get these like disapproving looks or looks of disbelief. Um, not that I pay them any attention, but I think, you know, it is these like misconceptions of, um, you know, running and whatnot. Um, then again, you know, there are people even when you're not pregnant and they're like, you're running a marathon, you're running an ultra marathon. Like, wow, that's crazy. You know? So, you know, it's still one of those things that running is, is its own little community. And sometimes you have, uh, haters, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that the medical community has come a long way in the last, I'd say 20, 30 years. You know, we look back and women weren't allowed to run marathons because, you know, the male organizers thought that their ovaries were going to fall out while they were racing. <laughs> and clearly that is just insanity and that's not going to happen. And I think now we're getting to the point where we understand that running can actually be, be good for you while you're pregnant, as long as you're, you know, doing it in a safe manner. Um, and I'm curious, Claire, you know, when you were first talking with your doctor about, you know, exercising while you're pregnant, were there any types of exercise besides running that were either off limits or that maybe the doctor gave you, um, uh, just told you to be a little bit more cautious about, you know, maybe heavy strength training or, uh, you know, cycling or, or anything like that? Um, my doctor actually didn't really, she wasn't like super specific about it. Um, I know some doctors definitely are, you know, they'll say things like, you know, stay like probably like skiing isn't the best idea or things where there's a really high risk of falling. Um, but no, my, I mean, my doc, I've been with my doctor for a while, so she knows that I'm a distance runner. Um, and, and she knows that this is important to me. Um, and yeah, she didn't really give me many guidelines. Um, I, I will say my doctor's not American. I think she's from Russia or something. And she's very, she just has like a different attitude generally about a lot of things. Um, I think I, I have seen other doctors, um, American doctors when I went to like get higher level ultrasounds. And um, it's actually been really tough because there have been times where I've received completely opposite advice from my, my OB. And it was like, what do you do when one doctor is telling you one thing and another doctor is telling you the complete opposite? So I did have, you know, an American doctor who is just a little bit more old school, I guess. And, um, and she was saying, you know, well, I would stop running if I were you because I've I've had some, like, I've always had, like, a kind of short cervix, um, which I know in some cases is a reason to be careful about exercise, and there's the whole question of bed rest and whatnot, but there's a lot of research also that doesn't support bed rest, and that bed rest doesn't necessarily prevent preterm labor, so this has been kind of, like, an ongoing thing for me, being really scared that my running is somehow going to lead to giving birth early. Um, so far, it's been fine, knock on wood, um, but, you know, I've, I've, it's, there's so many conflicting opinions out there. So if you go to one doctor, they may tell you one thing and another doctor may tell you another and the research is still emerging. So it's not, again, we don't have these like definitive guidelines. We do have some, obviously like, yes, you shouldn't like go on a bender and drink alcohol and whatnot. There's some things we know, but there are some things that are just a little less clear. Um, so my doctor is a little bit more, I guess, cutting edge, I guess you could say, or forward thinking. I'm not really sure how to put it. Um, but there are people out there, pregnant women and doctors who are absolutely like, you know, you should not run under these certain circumstances. Um, so that's, that's been actually a real source of conflict for me, um, having these two voices in my head. Um, but in the end, I, I trust my, my OB much more. Um, she's the one that delivers babies and, um, kind of is with these women, you know, the whole time and sees the outcome and, um, and her advice also just makes sense too. I think a lot of the times you go to these like specialized centers, um, because I'm, I'm considered slightly higher risk because I just turned 35, which is kind of ridiculous, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a geriatric pregnancy technically, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Um, I literally turned 35, like partway through my, my pregnancy, but, um, but so they consider me slightly higher risk. And so, you know, they're just, they have all, I think just for legal reasons, they need to warn you about all these things. And, um, I don't know. So I, I've, I've at times felt a little bit criticized at, 
this other center where, whereas my doctor has been really supportive and said, just keep doing what you're doing. Listen to how you feel, you know, just go with it. And the other one's like, you should stop running. So yeah, we, we saw a lot of that kind of advice too. It was the keep doing what you're doing. Don't do anything more challenging. And it wasn't necessarily that there were types of exercise that were advised against. It was that there were types of exercise that were recommended. So there was a lot of uh, low impact or zero impact type of exercise that, um, you know, the doctor said could be really good. Now, my wife was running and doing some, you know, strength training, nothing too crazy, mostly body weight stuff, but occasionally she'd go to the gym and lift. Uh, and they said, that's, that's fine. Um, yeah. you know, again, as long as you're listening to your body and you're not doing anything too crazy, um, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And I think that's the, the, that's the advice that I think is given to athletes, you know, people who are already exercising at a certain level. Um, but if a person is sedentary, you know, the, the, I think the advice tends to be more, well, you know, let's let's prioritize more walking. If you can do some zero impact stuff like, um, you know, uh, swimming is also really good. Uh, yoga, as long as you're not doing crazy stretches and things like that, uh, all of those can be really helpful uh, during pregnancy too. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. And and no, I definitely have been getting. I've been one of the things I've changed. I've definitely been getting to the gym a bit more, working on some cross training, doing a little bit you know, lower impact stuff and also working in some strength training with weights. Um, because you do want to make sure like, like I actually, one of my friends who's a dietitian as well as a personal trainer showed me some, some specific exercises to help strengthen my back, to help with back pain and really work on my shoulders. Um, because you know, when you have a baby and you're carrying this baby around there, a lot of people get shoulder injuries. And, um, so there are all kinds of things that are specific to, um, to pregnancy and also to having, you know, after the, the birth that you can do just as, you know, you do strength training specific to running. Um, and there are also lots of exercises to prepare you for labor, you know, whether or not you're like, I personally am trying for a natural birth if I can. Um, so, you know, there are like different kinds types of squatting, which is really a very natural position to labor in. Um, and there are all these different, like, um, exercises working on your pelvic floor muscles and, you know, your core. And and so there are lots of things that you can definitely do, you know, of course, with some variation, depending on um, your level of fitness going into pregnancy, that is really helpful for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when we're training and not pregnant, you know, the goal is to train to accomplish your running goals, you know, whatever that might be, run a fast mile, finish a 50 mile ultra marathon, whatever. But the training is very specific to that. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that when you're pregnant and you can't really do the specific training that's going to help you running, you know, whether that's fast workouts on the track or long tempo runs or long runs, then it's much more beneficial to focus on more general fitness. You know, you can do things that aren't really going to help your running, but they're still going to keep you in a good, decent level of general shape. And I think that's the the type of focus that's more beneficial to people uh, during those stages of pregnancy. For sure. And just, I mean, just keeping up your fitness generally is Obviously, you know, pregnancy can be really challenging. It's emotionally um, tough at times, and it just really is a stress relief. You know, pregnancy can be scary, so and give, having a baby is scary. So it's just so healthy for you both physically and mentally, and it's good for your baby, and it gets kind of circulation going. Um, and and also another part of it, I, I can't help but draw so many parallels between um, distance running and the whole birthing process. Obviously it's, I know it's like two different ball games, but, um, like, you know, my husband and I have run ultras together and marathons together and we train together a lot and, you know, we pace each other and coach each other in a way, support each other. And he's also going to be, you know, there in the birth and being my birth coach. And we kind of, we're, we're approaching this pregnancy and the delivery much as we would any kind of race or event. You, know, you we're guys tra- are such nerds, and I love it. Please go no, on. We're taking, actually, this birthing class called the Bradley Method, which is, like, I guess apparently that's kind of hardcore. But, you know, I decided I want a natural birth kind of late in my pregnancy um, because I, I figured, again, I was thinking of it in terms of, of a race. And I was like, actually, I have really grown used to 
living with kind of discomfort. I know it's like a whole different level of pain, but still. Um, but think about how you prepare for a marathon or even a half marathon for some people if it's like their first long race um, or an ultra or any endurance event of any kind. Um, you know, mentally, the mental preparation that goes into it, you know, visualization, mantras, just your training, you know, um, doing really specific types of workouts and exercises, um, just kind of navigating the highs and the lows, you know, pushing through the physical exha- exhaustion um, and just having that finish line in sight. I mean, there are just so many, again, so many parallels that I, I keep drawing um, and and it will just be – so I kind of am thinking of it as, you know, the hardest and longest and most rewarding endurance event I've ever done. Um, and pregnancy certainly is – I just feel like I've been pregnant for years and, um, you know, now it's like, Oh my God, it's almost over. It needs to slow down. But, uh, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very excited for it. And, and, and when I think about kind of labor in that, um, in that way, it, it, it seems a little bit less scary because I feel like I have some experience there, even though, again, I know it's a completely different thing. Um, but having my husband there to support me and kind of be my, you know, partner in this whole thing, that that really helps me feel like this is manageable. Right. And and I hope you know I was calling you a nerd out of out of pure fun. Um, For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I completely agree and and looking back on my wife's pregnancies and deliveries, you know, we focused on it much in the same way. You know, I was I was there for her during the birth and we approached it, you know, very much like a team and worked together. And it very much was, um, I think, a good experience for both of us. Um, And with our with our first child, you know, we were at the time living just outside of Washington, D.C. And so we delivered at uh, George Washington University and they have a midwifery program there that uh, I think is very similar to you know, whether you call it progressive or forward thinking or, you know, whatever, you know, they, uh, you know, encouraged exercise. They had a pretty strict, very clean, whole food oriented uh, diet that they recommended. But they also told us to think of the delivery almost like a workout. And, And I think they told us this because they knew that we were both runners and that's kind of how we were wired and how we thought. But, you know, any exercise you're doing during pregnancy and your total fitness level is, is training for that workout, for that delivery. And the better shape you're in going into labor, the odds of having a relatively more comfortable delivery, and I use relatively for a good reason there, uh, are just better. You know, you're going to be in better shape. And, you know, they also talked a lot about squatting and how, you know, you have to be good at squats. Um, you know, not that you have to be, but it's just going to make the delivery a lot more uh, comfortable for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. So let's talk about um, some potential, you know, uh, warning signs. You know, we talked about what you can do, what maybe you should think twice about, and, you know, really listening to your body. So when is your body telling you that it's not a good idea to, to run or, or even to do any other type of exercise? Um, well, definitely if I get, like, sharp pain somewhere, um, especially, like, in my belly or you know, groin region or anything like that. Um, that's definitely a warning sign to me that in that, and that didn't really happen until later in pregnancy, I guess. Um, so I stop and walk and like, it usually wouldn't happen until like I maybe like partway through a run. So I'll walk if it goes away and doesn't come back, then I'll just slow things down and take it really easy. Um, but yeah, any kind of like pain like that for sure. Um, and also just like the hormones, the hormonal changes that are going on that are allowing like everything to kind of stretch and relax, um, that can make you a little bit more prone to injury. So especially as you're putting on more weight and you're just, you know, your body isn't so, so used to all that. And then you have these other changes happening. You just have to be extra careful, um, of any pain that's going on from your running. So it may not be from the baby per se or something happening there, but it could just be because, you know, the extra weight that you're carrying and things just aren't as comfortable. So I've noticed actually recently I've been getting some shin splints and I never get shin splints. And so it kind of comes and goes. So this is just kind of a sign to me that, you know what, maybe I, maybe I need to kind of slow down, wind down the running even more. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely it. Um, yeah, any, I mean, really any pain at all, any discomfort should be a warning sign and you should kind of know what it is. I think generally as runners, 
Um, you know, there's like the pain of like exhaustion and, you know, late in a race kind of pain. It, it's always like, we're always trying to distinguish between not good pain, but you know, pain that's not really harmful and the pain that's like a true sign that something's really wrong and you need to stop or, you know, not complete the race. And sometimes there's that gray area and I'm sure you can speak to that more than I can in terms of like injuries and stuff. But, um, but yeah, for when you're pregnant though, it's like, you know, you're not going to push through pain. It's just, again, it's not worth it. What's the upside here? There's no upside. It's not worth the risk. So, um, if something's painful, you stop and you walk and if it goes away, fine. And you feel comfortable picking up running and it doesn't come back. Okay. If, if it's not going away, then you go home and you chill out and put your feet up and, you know, wait, you know, make sure everything's okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I gauge things. Again, it's not a super scientific process or anything. It's just really listening to how my body's feeling. Um, the only, the other thing I would say is like, if you're just really, really fatigued, especially, um, like early in pregnancy and then in the third trimester, like fatigue really gets you. So, um, you know, I, sometimes I feel better when I'm, you know, going for a walk or I'm active in some way and other times it makes me feel a lot worse. So, um, you know, you just kind of have to see how you feel. It's really not, we beat ourselves up sometimes as athletes or, you know, if you're just a fitness enthusiast and you, you get up and you're tired, you're like, Oh no, I still need to get my workout in. Well, you know what, if you're like super pregnant, you're going to be basically up all night every night very soon. So maybe, maybe it's okay to like stay in bed and rest a little bit, um, and postpone your workout or, you know, just work out tomorrow or something. So, I do find myself being a lot more um, flexible and just easier on myself um, than perhaps I used to be before I was pregnant. Well, I think that's great. I think it's also needed. And it sounds very much like how you would determine whether or, wh- whether or not a pain is, you know, I'll say a good pain or a bad pain. But, you know, something that you can run through uh, is to, you know, listen to your body if it's sharp, stabbing, if it gets worse while you're running, then, you know, any any of those situations, um, or or if the pain is causing you to change your running form, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're changing your running form, if it's sharp, stabbing, or it gets worse as you're running, those are all signs that for me as a coach, I say, stop running. You're making things worse, uh, and you're going to prolong your recovery. And it seems like you know, when you're running and you're pregnant, you know, you have to look out for the same things, but it's even more beneficial to you and your baby to be even more cautious. So, you know, something that you might try to run through or, you know, kind of see if it gets better after another mile or two, it sounds like those are bad, bad reasons to continue running because the risk far outweighs the reward. Uh, and I think this is getting back to, you know, what you talked about earlier with, you know, when you're not pregnant, you're training, you know, specifically for, you know, a goal, whether that's a a finishing a new distance or a race. But when you're exercising while you're pregnant, you really just need to think about it in terms of maintaining a general level of fitness. So if running becomes uncomfortable, then there's other forms of exercise that you can choose. So you're not really training specifically for it. Uh, And so I think that extra level of caution is, uh, is, is very well advised. And you did mention one thing that I think is really important. Um, you know, you said, I'll stop and walk for a while. And I think that's great. You know, I think a lot of runners, uh, you know, they, they don't count the walk as, as, you know, part (laughs) of their exercise for the day. But if you're pregnant, you know, walking is one of the things that is most recommended by, you know, everyone that we talk to in both of, you know, our pregnancies, my wife and I, it, you know, from our, uh, the doctors to the nurses to the midwives all recommended walking as something that was extremely beneficial for your general health during pregnancy. So I think, you know, we need to step back from the training side of things when you're pregnant and really think about, it's okay if I walk, it's okay if I skip this run, as long as I'm doing something to stay active, I'm getting those benefits without any of the risks that I don't want. Exactly. And, and two comments on that. I mean, so the way I view it is I'm still training for a goal. The goal is just not a race. The goal is having a healthy baby. So I keep that in mind. Um, and the second thing with, with the walking, oh my God, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely one of the guilty of, you know, I'm one of those people where it's like walk, of course, walking is exercise. Like I, I admit that, but you know, for me personally, like I'll, I'll recommend to clients and people who just aren't active at all. I'm like, just go walking. Okay. That's fine. But when I'm talking about myself, I'm like, walking is an exercise. 
that doesn't count. And, you know, I need something that really works up a sweat. Like if I'm going to yoga class, it's, it's a really, you know, it's a power yoga, it's a hot yoga. And, and, um, with my exercise, it has to be very intense. So it's been such an attitude shift for me. Um, just, you know, walking and, you know, the days where like when I started really dialing down my mileage, um, to like 15 miles a week from like 35 or something, which was really tough. But instead of going for a run, my husband would go for a run and I would kind of power walk for a bit. And, you know, it was still, it was a beautiful day out and I would just try to enjoy it. And I listened to music or podcasts and, um, but yeah, I, I missed that kind of rush, but you know, you have to slow down. You just have to, and your body's going to send you signals to slow down. Um, equally, like I'm used to going to spin classes and, you know, especially when it's like the really nice ones that you're paying like $20, $30 a class, you know, you really want to get the most out of it. You want to work really hard. You want to push yourself, um, get to that breathless point. And I'm, I'll go and I'm just taking it easy. And that's, again, it's so unlike me, but that's what I have to do right now. And I've accepted that and I feel comfortable with that now, but it was hard in the beginning and, um, it really takes some time. So, you know, if, for any listeners out there, if you're if you're really used to like pushing yourself always, and you know you only do kind of easy workouts when it's like a recovery run, that kind of thing, um, you know you'll you'll get there. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, let's switch gears a little bit though. I want to talk about uh, eating and nutrition, and I think yep. this is where uh, you know your role as a as a registered dietitian is going to come in handy. Um, what you know you, you mentioned before the whole eating for two idea is a total myth. And I remember there was some statistic used that, uh, I I don't remember offhand, but it was like, you know, when you're pregnant, you only need X number of extra calories per day. And it was so much less than what I would have assumed beforehand. So let's talk about, you know, maybe the, the total calorie requirements that a runner needs when they're pregnant and, and maybe some of the nutrition uh, nuances that uh, are different when you're pregnant too. Sure. So in the first trimester, you, the recommendations generally, like you don't actually need more calories. Um, it's really only in the second and third trimester that you require more calories and it's somewhere around like 300 ish. Um, so yeah, it is not very, very many, uh, extra calories. Um, you know, it's not like you need to uh, and also equally, it's it's not that you you know it's 300 extra calories of ice cream. It's it's 300 extra calories of quality food, um, quality nutrition. So I think a lot of um, you know when when people are pregnant, it's it's tough because you know, some people may have cravings or aversions. They may have really bad morning sickness um, in the first trimester. A lot of people go through different things, and every pregnancy is very different. Um, but really, what we're focusing on is getting. Um, you know, the, it just becomes even more important to eat healthfully. And if you're running, obviously the foundation of a really solid sports nutrition diet is healthy, balanced eating. If you're pregnant, it just becomes even more important, especially in those early phases of pregnancy, because that's when, um, you know, a lot of important changes are occurring in the fetus. So, you know, taking your prenatal vitamins as soon as you find out you're pregnant or even, or when you try, you're trying to conceive ideally, um, that's really key because one of the things that we need more as, uh, uh, during pregnancy is folic acid and we can get folate from food, um, you know, like dark leafy greens, stuff like that. Um, and also just some fortified foods, usually grains and such have folic acid in there, but it's hard to meet the requirements. I believe it's 600 micrograms a day. Um, it's hard to get that just from food alone. So, you know, the prenatals are really important. Um, you know, making sure you're getting enough iron, you really like the, the amount that you need during pregnancy, I think, I believe it doubles. So, um, and, and there are lots of nutrient interactions with, with iron and, and a lot of the micronutrients generally. So you just want to make sure that you're getting lots of iron rich food that you're taking again, your vitamins. Um, you know, it doesn't have to, even if you're, you don't eat meat and such, you know, there are plenty of plant sources as well. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, you want to be making sure you get enough calcium and vitamin D. Vitamin D helps with calcium absorption. Um, those are just some of the nutrients that you have to think about. Um, having Taking your prenatals will definitely help cover you. And, of course, everyone is a little bit different. Say, like, say that you've been a lifelong vegan or something and you go in and – or maybe you have different, you know, a deficiency of some kind. You know, a lot of people are – 
vitamin D deficient right now um, in the Northeast at least, um, or maybe someone's vitamin B12 deficient. You really want to make sure that before um, you're starting to try to get pregnant that you have your labs tested. And that's something I recommend to all my clients generally. You know, once a year, get your labs tested, see where you're at, make sure everything's okay. Because I don't generally recommend supplements, you know, to everybody just blindly. You really don't need to take them unless unless you're pregnant or unless you really need them or you're on a very restrictive diet of some kind. Um, but yeah, generally, so so with pregnancy though, it's really just eating like lots of real food, you know, just healthy stuff. You know, lots of um, fruits and vegetables. Getting enough protein, which of course is always important for athletes, for runners, um, but even more so for running pregnant women. Um, so it's, it's taking a lot of like the general nutrition advice for healthy eating and and just making sure you're following it and then at a certain point adding some some more calories um, and, you know, working within you know, and not like freaking out if say like in your first trimester, you know, you just can't always eat well because of whatever reason, again, food aversions or morning sickness. Um, maybe for you, it's better to have more frequent smaller meals um, or just blander foods or, you know, you'll, you'll do what you can. And some women don't gain any weight. Some women, women even lose weight in the first trimester. But then in the second trimester, most women tend to feel better and they make up for it. Um, and equally, I don't know, as, as a dietitian, I'm not one of the dietitians who's like, you can never eat any sugar or you know something like that. I really don't believe in depriving yourself all the time. And I know in my pregnancy, I'm certainly not perfect on any given day, but in my pregnancy, I've been much more lenient with myself. My rule is always, you know, and this is for anyone, um, nutritious foods first. So I'm sure we've all had those nights where we had like cereal for dinner or something like that. But for the most part, you know, I would say um, the bulk of what I eat is extremely healthy, a lot of variety and, and really, and just going for real food, just, you know, plants, um, just fruits, vegetables, that kind of stuff. Lots of good protein sources, nuts, seeds, dairy. Um, and then, you know what I have, you know, especially my third trimester after dinner, I would have, I had a pint of ice cream one night. I won't lie. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, one night I just had like two bowls of granola and with almond milk because I was having such a strong craving. Um, so you'll have days where, you know, you just really want something and that's okay. You know, it's, as long as like, are you doing it every day or, or even once a week? Hopefully not. You know, it's really about consistency. Um, and this is what I push with a lot of my clients is it's really, it's consistent, healthy eating. And, um, and then on top of that, if you know, you have some treats here and there, um, you know, you're exercising regularly, I mean, this, this is, of course, for people without um, who aren't, like, managing any, like, serious chronic illnesses or, um, you know, it really depends on the individual. But, you know, there's some flexibility, like, because life is life. And, you know, there are all these very strict diets out there, but, um, you know, and, and some of them may be healthy, some of them not, but they're not sustainable. And you have to learn how to eat for whatever is happening in your life, whether it's pregnancy or training for a race or whatever it is, you have to learn a way of eating that that works for you and your lifestyle, your food preferences and your needs. So that's what I really work on with my clients is is kind of figuring out that balance point and some a, a way that's of eating that's very healthy, of course, and will help them achieve their goals, but that's sustainable and doesn't make them completely miserable. <laughs> um yeah, it sounds reasonable to me. It sounds like you're what you're saying is it's more important what you do most of the time than what you do some of the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you're trying to like lose a huge amount of weight or something like that, you have to be a bit more disciplined than, you know, the runner who is at their goal rate and goal weight and, and just training. And, you know, it, it really depends on your goals, of course, like, but yes, for the most part, it's consistent, healthy eating. That's important. And if you have one meal or one day or whatever that isn't ideal, that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And it sounds like nutrient density is really important when you're, when you're pregnant is just making sure that 
um, you know, most of what you're eating is, you know, as high in nutrients as possible. So you're going for really high quality foods rather than, uh, you know, lower quality foods that, that might not pack as much of a nutrient punch. You know, I remember when we had our first baby, you know, we were, you know, like I mentioned that the George Washington, uh, midwifery program, and they had this entire handout on their recommended diet and how to eat. And, uh, they were so bullish on, uh, dark green leafy vegetables. And when they found out that my wife and I were going on this three month trip to, uh, we went to, uh, Hawaii and Australia for three months, they were like, well, are you going to be able to eat healthy while you're away? Like they made us promise to adhere to the diet while we were away because it was that important. Uh, I, I didn't tell them about that time that like I was sent out at nine o'clock to search for sour gummy worms, but you know, for, for the most part, you know, we really stuck to the diet. Yeah, no. And I, I couldn't agree more. As I said, like, you know, the foundation of what I eat is extremely healthy. And, you know, when I'm recommending what to eat to clients, and I have pregnant women who come to me, mostly those who have been diagnosed with gestational diabetes. But, um, you know, when I when I work with clients, it's, it's really making sure that the most of what you're eating is very, very healthy it includes a, like a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, lots of different color. Yeah, those dark leafy greens are amazing. The, the dark colored fruits that are high in antioxidants, foods that are rich in omega three fatty acids, which is, you know, another really important nutrient for pregnancy. Um, and really making sure again, that you're getting enough protein, but not just from one type of source. I mean, you get protein from everywhere, all over the place. So, um, you're really mixing up, getting enough fiber, really hydrating well. That's another extremely important thing for pregnant runners, I forgot to mention, um, because if you're dehydrated, that can really increase your risk of preterm labor. So, you know, for runners, of course, you have to take into account <clears throat> not not only the extra nutrients you need for pregnancy, but what you're burning through exercise. So, um, you know, I think in in my second trimester, I was or like earlier in my second trimester, I was still doing like 14, 15 mile runs. Um, so hydration, um, getting nutrition, really being careful about how I was feeling before and after runs and during all that becomes even more important. Um, so you really like as runners, you know, like we sometimes just, we get lazy with nutrition and, um, we can get away with a lot more or we think we can get away with a lot more. And, and you just, you can't, again, it's kind of like what we were talking about with like the pain that's not worth it. And you really just have to be extra cautious. Same with nutrition and hydration. I mean, you just have to be extra cautious if you're still running through pregnancy and, and making sure that you're feeling right. Definitely. Can't agree more with that. Now, are you, uh, are you someone who's going to try to get back into running as soon as possible? Um, you know, once once you have your baby and and you're sort of cleared to run by your doctors, or are you going to take a more conservative approach to that? I definitely want to run as soon as possible because I might go crazy otherwise. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not really sure what that's going to look like to be honest. Um, so that's kind of a question mark for you right now. I I haven't. Um, I know there's the whole like a lot of people get running strollers and. They always say you're not supposed to use the running stroller before the baby's six months old, so they have like neck, you know, control. But then you like look out there, and so many people are using running strollers when the baby's um, much younger because they're putting them in a car seat, and the pediatrician says it's fine as long as you like support their neck. So there's like kind of that piece of the puzzle. So I've been debating: okay, do I buy a running stroller now so I can start this sooner? Um, and cause you know, my husband's going to be going right back to work, but I'm going to be taking time off. So, you know, no one's going to watch the baby. Unfortunately, I live, I live very far from my family. I'm not going to be near anyone who can like come in and watch the baby while I go for a run kind of situation. So I'm not really sure how that's going to, what that's going to look like. I certainly hope, um, I can squeeze some runs in or maybe it's, you know, when my husband gets home from work and I'll run at night I'm a morning runner, but I'll have to adjust somehow to that or, I mean, who knows if you're only getting a few hours of sleep, can you, are you, are you even have the energy to run? Yeah, I'm not sure. But kind of the way I think about it now is I would love to start running as soon as I'm cleared. Um, before that, I'm definitely going to walk as soon as I'm able. And as, as long as it's safe for the baby, I have like one of those little baby carriers. So I'm definitely gonna be doing some walking. Um, and maybe some lower impact stuff. It's, you know, I, but I, I know it's really, it's really important to be flexible. And, and that's really when you're having a kid, I mean, 
or even when you're pregnant, like there's so many unknowns and things you can't control and you have to just kind of go with the flow. And that's really against my personality. Sometimes I like to be in control and plan and all that and training schedules and that whole thing. Sign up for races. I'm, I am not signing up for anything. I'm just gonna see, you know, what happens and how I feel and what the baby's like and what we can pull off really. Yeah, well, I wish you the best of luck. It's definitely a trying time, but you know, I think you know you and your husband seem to have a really good um, way of of working together, and I think that's one of the most important things with getting back into an exercise habit. Once you have a kid, is you know, kind of just it's it's just more scheduling and like administrative hassle with your significant other. And you know, I know my wife and I struggled with that a little bit too, and you know, my my you know, situation's a little unique because I, I usually work from home. Uh, and, you know, so I usually <laughs> hear and see a lot that goes on during the day with the kids. And it could be a little bit hard to, to schedule things that way. But uh, as long as the communication is open, you know, we haven't had any issues. We made it through two kids without getting a jogging stroller, which oh, for really? a lot of people was you know very weird for them to hear about us uh, since we're both runners. And, you know, but I think for us, we were like, that's our time. We are going running by ourselves, no children. <laughs> so, but that's I think now that they're a little idea. older, you know, it's almost like when they're older, you want, you want to bring them because, you know, they're, they're going to be able to last a little bit longer in the stroller. And of course you mentioned neck control and they have more, uh, strength to be able to, to, to handle the jogging stroller. But, um, yeah, it's something that we, we could think about now. Yeah, that's actually a good point um, because when I think about what running is for me, yes, it's a way to stay fit, but it really is me time. And I, I mean, part of part of the thing with the running store too is that I really enjoy running with my husband and it is also time for us to spend together. So that would be one benefit of getting the stroller. But I do also really like the idea of just keeping running sacred and not involving a baby with it. So that's a, that's a good point. It's something I will consider for sure. <laughs> well, Claire, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Uh, I love, always love hearing your perspective on, on running and nutrition. And, and this was a unique conversation that I don't really get to have too often. So it was really uh, helpful for me. And uh, I think it will be for our listeners too. Thanks so much, Jason. It was really fun uh, chatting with you. Yeah, and I think it goes without saying, best of luck with the rest of your pregnancy and your delivery and having a newborn. Uh, the next couple months are going to be quite exciting. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Hey, before you take off today, just one quick note. As always, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and listening to the show. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would very much love an honest review on iTunes. They help me know that you want more podcast episodes. So that is a big favor. That is much appreciated. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.